What would you say if I told you that you might be overlooking one of the most powerful evangelistic tools that's available to you? Well, you just might be, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire and challenge and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today we're going to be talking about the power of invitation. I wonder if you've noticed that sometimes it's just the little things in life that make the most difference. Things like uh, an encouraging word or a gesture of kindness or one consideration or just one question. Oftentimes, it's the small things in life that make the most difference. I remember as a 17-year-old hockey player receiving an invitation from my hockey coach. He wanted me to stay just one more year to play for the team. Well, I was thinking about going on to college, and he recommended that I just go locally for the first couple years of my college education before I went elsewhere and be able to stay and play for the team. Well, I ended up accepting that invitation, of course, which changed the university that I ended up attending, and it didn't negatively affect my academic career at all. Actually, it ended up augmenting my academic career because I ended up going on a course of study that helped me land a job that I ended up getting after my undergraduate degree. And then after I finished my undergraduate degree, it allowed me to get that job and then to be introduced to a scientist who ended up changing my entire course of study for my graduate work for my master's and my PhD. The power of an invitation, can you believe it? Even from a hockey coach made all the difference in the world in my life. It's amazing the difference that a simple invitation can make to your life and to the lives of other people. So small, but yet so powerful. Invitation is just part of life. Your first date was a result of an invitation. Either you extended the invitation or you were the one who received it. If you're married, it was a result of an invitation. Uh, Many of us are invited to sporting events or to concerts or to uh, other kinds of activities, watching a show or a movie, whatever it might be, as a result of an invitation. You might be a part of a team at your workplace because of the power of an invitation. Invitation is just part of life. It's kind of what we do naturally. And every time we invite somebody to something, Oftentimes, we have that person's interest in mind. We're inviting them into either a relationship or into an experience or into an opportunity. The same is true we're inviting people to church. We're inviting people into an opportunity, an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It has the other person's interest in mind. But truth be known, invitation is often overlooked. Most of us don't even give a second thought to it. Many of you uh, may not have invited anybody ever to church, and I think you're overlooking a very powerful opportunity to make a difference in the life of someone else. Dr. Tom Rayner wrote a book called The Unchurched Next Door, and this is what he said. 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend if they were invited. Now think about that. Eight out of 10 people that you see today would probably be open to an invitation to attend church. According to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, 80% of people who come to Christ were invited to church by someone they knew. So eight out of every 10 people who end up coming to faith in Jesus Christ did so as a result, ultimately, of an invitation of someone else. Philip Nation, who is part of uh, LifeWay Research, 
He revealed this study. He said, a study including more than 15,000 adults revealed that about two-thirds were willing to receive information about local church from a family member and 56% from a friend or a neighbor. Invitation is powerful, and invitation is important, and invitation is effective. And quite frankly, Christianity has been depending upon invitation for millennia. Let me read for you a story from John chapter 1. And I want to, and when we read this story, here's what I want you to look out for. I want you to look out for the relationships that are there, and I want you to look out for the invitations that are there. Let me read it for you. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. I was talking about John the Baptist, and the two disciples were Andrew and John. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And so it was a result of the relationship that Andrew and John had with John the Baptist that they were introduced to Jesus. When the two disciples, who were Andrew and John, heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? First invitation, come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. So Andrew, who was with John the Baptist, heard about who Jesus was, and so Peter was his brother. And look at what Andrew does with his brother, uh, Peter. He says, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, second invitation, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, third invitation, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. Now, Philip and Andrew and Peter probably knew one another in Bethsaida because it's just a small fishing village, a few hundred people, so they probably knew one another. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then Nathanael is a skeptic, and so he says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Fourth invitation, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching him, he said, Here truly is an Israelite with whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you or invited you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, let's take a moment now and look at the relationships that were there and the invitations that were there in that story. First, we have John the Baptist who knew Andrew and John. As a result of knowing Andrew and John, they ended up learning about who Jesus was, that he is the Messiah. Andrew knew Peter. Peter was his brother. And what's the first thing that Andrew do? did? He invited Peter to be introduced to Jesus. Jesus, Andrew, and Peter all knew Philip. Andrew and Peter were from the same small village that Philip was. They probably knew one another, small fishing village. And then Philip knew Nathaniel. And, Nathan- and Philip ended up inviting Nathaniel, who at that time was a skeptic, to come and to learn about Jesus. 
What's the point? The point is you know someone. You know someone who is interested in learning more about faith in Jesus Christ. All they need from you is an invitation. And you might be thinking, well, Dave, you know, that's just, that's just one passage. Well, not so fast. If you were to read the Gospels, you would see that Jesus' favorite invitations were, come and see and follow me. And he asked them all the time. He extended those invitations all the time. If you were to read a little bit further in the book of John, in John chapter 4, you would discover a woman that we refer to as the woman at the well. After she encounters Jesus, her life, changed, her life is changed by him. She goes back into her village, goes back into her town, and the Bible describes it like this, that, that she tells everybody in the town everything that Jesus had done for her. And it's almost like she invited the entire town to come and see who Jesus was. And as a result of that, the Bible tells us that many men and women came to faith in Jesus Christ. Matthew, you might know that name. Matthew is or was a disciple of Jesus, and, but he wasn't always a disciple of Jesus. He was a tax collector, counted among the sinners, a deceitful man. But he encountered Jesus, came to faith in Jesus Christ, and what does he do? He invites all of his friends, his other tax collector buddies, to dinner. Zacchaeus, same way, chief tax collector, hated among the people, encounters Jesus, understands that he's the Messiah. His life is changed by it. And what's he do? He throws a dinner party for all of his friends. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, what's he do? He invites all of his family to hear about who Jesus is. And he and his entire household, the Bible said, come to faith in Jesus Christ. Invitation is powerful. Invitation to faith and to hear about faith has been a standard operating procedure for Christianity for some 2,000 years. So with that in mind, I want to talk about one prerequisite and three simple ways to invite. Okay, The prerequisite is this, pray. Prayer is so important. It's indispensable. It can't be overlooked. It is a must-have. It is essential if you want to invite We like to quote around here uh, what Jerry Falwell once said. He said, nothing of eternal significance ever happens apart from prayer. Prayer is essential. How should I be praying? Well, I need to be praying for opportunity. I need to be praying for myself. I need to be praying for courage and boldness. Um, I need to be praying for the other person. I need to be praying that they know that I love them, that I care for them. They'd be willing to receive my invitation. They have the opportunity for that. If you want to learn more about how to pray in an influential way, uh, we recorded a podcast about that not too long ago, and it gives a biblical insight about how you and I can be praying in an influential way. We'll just uh, link that in the description. Prayer is essential, and uh, without it, uh, you won't be very effective. So that's your first prerequisite. Now, three simple ways to invite in no particular order. The first I'll talk about is post on social media. You know, social media is so much a part of our lives. Uh, it dominates a lot of our lives. People spend all their time scrolling. They, they'll go on dates and they'll go out to dinner and each of them are on their own phone. They're scrolling. People are always on their feed, right? They might as well get some good news on their feed. They need to see more than just vacations and meals and family events and special occasions. Get some good news out there. Uh, talk to people about the good things that God is doing. I like how Peter talked about this, not about how to post on social media, but what we should be doing, what we should be communicating. I love what he said here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
is simple. Just talk about the good things that God is doing. Talk about the good things that he's doing in your life, in the life of people that you love, in the life of your church, things that are going on that would be of interest to people. Talk about the good things that God is doing. Just get it out there. It is one of the most uh, underutilized approaches to evangelism that I know of. People just don't simply talk about the good things that God is doing in their life, in their church, in the lives of people that they know and they love. If you're part of Grace Church, there are plenty of things that you can repost and you can share. Just go to our Instagram page, go to our Facebook page, and uh, you can find uh, items there that you can post and you can share with other people. Get some good news on the feet of people that you know and you love. So that's the first way, uh, post on social media. There's a second way, and that would be send a text. And this might be something you've never thought about doing before. You know, texting is so much a part of our communication, but oftentimes we don't think about it when it comes to inviting someone to church. So I took the liberty of writing down just a few suggestions. I don't use these verbatim. I encourage you to use your own words and uh, based upon the relationship you have somebody, how you'd want to communicate with them. But let me just see some thoughts for you about what uh, a texting invite might look like, might sound like. Here's the first one. Hey, would you be up to going to church with me this week? Uh, we're, go- we're doing this great series called, and you just put in the name of the series. I think it's going to be insightful and helpful. Just let me know. Here's a second way. Hey, if you're like me, you're always looking for something that's fun and a value add for your kids. Our kids love our kids program at church. I was thinking that you and, of course, put in the the child's name, uh, could join us this weekend. Let me know if you're up to it. Of course, if you wanted to, you could repeat that same text for uh, a child who's in middle school or in high school, whatever it might be. One last one. Uh, This is one of those situations where Someone may have brought up something, a concern they have, a decision they have to make, or um, you know, um, some insight that they need, whatever it might be. Maybe you agreed that you would, or you told them you'd be praying for them. And so you're following up with a text. Hey, I was thinking about our conversation the other day. Here's some content that might be helpful. We can talk about it later. If you'd like, here is the link, and you put the link in the podcast. Just send a text. Just send a simple invitation by text and just uh, let people know that you're thinking about them and that you would like them to join you for church. A third way is just old school. It's old school, just an invitation card, simple, physical invitation card. I got a stack of these in the console of my car. I got them in my wallet because you never know uh, when an encounter, well, every encounter really is a sewing encounter. It's an opportunity to invite someone to go. Every encounter that you have with somebody eventually could become a sowing encounter. We learn about that in Matthew chapter 13 in the parable of the sower. Now, I'm not going to read that for you. I encourage you to go back and read it for yourself. But I want you to notice something when you reread that story. The sower is always a sower. He's never a soil tester. He never assesses, well, you know, should I extend invitation? Should I not? No, he always sows. He just sows the seed. It doesn't matter what soil it lands on. He just sows the seed. Every encounter you have is a sowing encounter. Just sow the seed. Just extend the card. Just give the invitation. When you are at the end of your conversation with somebody and you're getting ready to leave, they're getting ready to get in their car, you're getting ready to get into yours, you're getting ready to part your part ways in the aisle at your grocery store, department store, wherever it might be, pull out a card and say, hey, if you don't go to church anywhere, I invite you to go to Grace Church. I love it. We're talking about this. Put in what the series is. You've got kids. We've got great kids ministry. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. All you got to do is just leave the card. Here's what I like about it. It's tactile. It, it, and you you get to extend an invitation and they have to receive it. Even if they end up throwing it away later on, 
no, no worries, but you have at least extended the invitation and you've given them the opportunity. Every encounter is a sowing encounter. It's an opportunity. One prerequisite, pray. Three ways to invite. You can post on social media, you can send a text, and you can extend a physical invitation. Have these invitations available. If you're at Grace Church, we have an invite kiosk. You can pick these up, put them in your car, put them in your wallet, have them available. Every encounter is a sewing encounter. So here's what I want to do to wrap our, thing, our time up. I want to talk about what might be your greatest fear for invitation, rejection. None of us likes re- rejection. None of us likes somebody saying no. No one likes being ghosted, but it's going to happen. People are going to say no, and you're going to get ghosted. They're not going to take a swing at you. It's not going to get that bad. I mean, no is probably about as bad as it's going to get. That's that's the hardest refusal that you are probably going to get. But it doesn't keep you from asking again. You can always ask again, and they might come around. Hey, did you say something about going to church? Maybe I'll go to church sometime. I want you to reread the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. And now what I want you to remember is that three out of the four soils was a bust. But There was one that was fertile, and Jesus said it produced 30, 60, or even 100-fold. A no is not going to negatively impact your life, but a yes could change the course of somebody's life for all eternity, and they can't say yes until you ask. Every encounter is a sowing encounter. Chances are, Someone asked you, hey, you want to come to church with me? Or maybe they were sharing the gospel with you, and they said, hey, would you like to accept the forgiveness and leadership of Jesus in your life? And you said, yes. And it changed the course of your life for all eternity. Who knows? That person who asked you and you said yes to may have been turned down three times before they came to you. But you said yes, and it changed the course of your life for all eternity. So keep sowing. There's good soil out there. Every encounter is a sowing encounter. Make sure you pray and make sure you invite. Three simple ways. Post on social media, send a text, extend a personal invitation, but get inviting. Well, thanks for joining us for this podcast. Hope it's been an encouragement to you and hopefully it will help you take your next step in the full life that Jesus has for you and that it has empowered you to extend invitations to other people. You don't have a church home, you're welcome to go to graceforohio.org. You can find out our location and our service times, even our streaming service times. I know if you watch there that it'll be an encouragement to you and help you take some practical steps in your own faith journey. In the meantime, get out there, start sowing, pursue the full life that God has for you. 